what's going on, people? I would like to welcome all of you to another Q on One edition of the Talk to Q Radio Show. My name is Quincy, and this is my show. And with the Q on Ones, what I like to do is interview people. Sometimes they can be local entrepreneurs, or they could be someone um, who's doing their thing worldwide. Um, so it's an opportunity for you to get to know these people up and close and learn their story and what gave them the passion to do what they do or provide the type of service they provide. So please sit back and enjoy the show. And please be encouraged to share. A lot of people, including myself, kind of do their thing by word of mouth, you know. So the more you spread the knowledge about the show, then the more people who can tune in and grow this thing and make it bigger. And it also gives more support for the people who I bring on the show who are looking to get their product or services out to the masses. Without further ado, let's get to the interview. My guest is an author as well as a podcaster, residing in the Keystone State of Pennsylvania, please welcome Natasha, better known as Complex Angel, to the Talk to Q radio show. How's it going today? Thank you. (laughs) I appreciate you taking time to do the show. Before we talk about your podcast, let's talk about your book, which I'm guessing was your inspiration to start the podcast. The name of the book is No Apologies. Tell us the story behind it. So No Apologies is the story about me moving from Midwest to the East Coast to look for a new start. Um, And it talks about how I got in touch with someone that I had went to high school that recently had moved here before I did. And um, it talks about my abusive relationship that I was in when I was with him. And I wrote it from an addictions perspective to teach people why a victim can stay and get stuck in the cycle of abuse. So this is physical abuse we're talking about? Yes, physical, emotional, yes, verbally. Well, we've all been pretty much called out of our names at some point of our lives, but not all of us have been physically abused. I know it may be painful to recollect, but what type of physical abuse did you endure, if you don't mind sharing? Can you share some of the details so that my listeners can have a picture painted of what you actually went through? No problem, um, because we definitely talk about this on the podcast. Um, Some of the physical abuse that I dealt with with dealing with this guy was um, I was punched in the forehead before so many times to where I had a concussion. There was a time where, like, he liked to pull on my hair, so he ripped a braid out of my scalp. There have been times where, like, he choked me. Like, it, it was a lot. Um, there have been times where, like, he would slam his foot down on the brake if I said something that he didn't like or if I didn't answer him in a timely manner and would make me hit my head against the dashboard or the back seat. Like, it was a lot. You know, it was um, times where he would spit on me. Like, I was just, you know, the scum of the earth. And it was a lot of emotional abuse, too. So, yeah. My goodness. I'm so sorry for that. And this went on for how long again? Uh, this went on for like almost, uh, I want to say like almost two years. Um, I got the restraining order to end it last year, early last year. So most of the time, the person who is in a bad situation like this can't see it. Everyone on the outside can see that things are wrong, but the person themselves cannot. What finally clicked inside of you that made you say enough was enough? Um, honestly, it was a lot that built up to it. Um, the guy that I was dating, he was addicted to Percocets. 
he convinced me that the abuse was happening because he was high off of those. And I knew that I shouldn't have been in a relationship with somebody like that because it can be very draining. But I was just a person that was just like such a people pleaser, and I thought that I could fix him. I wanted to fix him because I wanted him to love me in a way that I couldn't love myself. But it turns out like after he stopped taking perks in February of 2018, um, we had got into an argument, I think, like a month later, and he got so upset that he threw Kool-Aid in my face, and I was just, like, you know, trying to talk to him and ask why did he do that, but I guess he felt like I was about to charge at him, so he had his fist ready, you know what I'm saying, and he was like, you know, try something, I'm going to rock your jaw, and that was the moment where I really had to process, like, this is who he is. You know, he's not going to change I had to really look at it that every time I came back, the abuse got worse and worse, and I just basically couldn't do it anymore. You know, like, I, I, I was kind of scared because being in an abusive relationship, they make you do things that you're embarrassed about, and they can hold it against you. And, you know, I was scared to go live my life because I'm like, he used to always make me feel like because he brought me down here to east to the East Coast that I owed my loyalty to him. And there were things that I did for him that I was not proud of, so it took a long time to leave. But I just got to the point, like, after that day when I got that Kool-Aid thrown in my face, I was like, I can't do this anymore because it's just going to be it's, – it's always going to be something. You know, it's never going to get better. Okay, I'm sure my listeners want to know, were there any children involved? Um, I don't have any kids with him, but he did have a daughter and, uh, you know, because he was physically abusive to his, his baby mother, you know, she was always back and forth and he would keep their child away from her. And, um, you know, he used to always have my truck so much because when I first moved here, I didn't know anybody. So he liked it like that. Like I could only go to work. And then I had to be right back at the house. Like, if I wanted to go to CVS or I wanted to just go out and have a breath of fresh air, he always had, like, a time limit on when I had to get back. So I was always in the house watching his daughter, and I was very attached to her. But there were times where she saw him get abusive with me in front of her. And, you know, he never understood why she would urinate on herself at night. And he would always yell at her and demean her for it. And he would ask her, why do you do this? And I could tell that she wanted to say, because I'm scared of you, but she would hesitate. And like, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like he was just like very, very um, abusive towards, like with me in front of her. He would manipulate me. He would um, basically have like, take her away from me to hurt me. And when I would leave, he would manipulate me and say, well, you know, she misses you to bring me back. So it was a lot. And how old was she? She was four at the time when I met her, and uh, I think like six by the time I left. Yeah. Okay, I guess with her being present, and I have to ask about your past as well, do you believe in generational curses? Do you think that something you may have witnessed as a child that happened to a family member may have indirectly caused you to thinking that this type of relationship was normal? Absolutely. I definitely believe in generational curses and I really, I'm really an advocate, you know what I'm saying, of breaking them because uh, I didn't realize I suppressed a lot of stuff from my childhood. Um, I never seen anyone get physical with each other, like in my face. 
I heard it right next door, you know what I'm saying, from a family member. He was he was beating on his girlfriend. I didn't see it, but it did traumatize me. I, I remember witnessing my uh, grandparents argue um, in the morning time, and I remember I would be crying, and my grandmother would tell me to go back in the room, everything's okay. So hearing that, I'm thinking, like, okay, I guess this is what you have to deal with when you are in a relationship because that's all I ever seen seen her do. And the crazy thing was I used to always question, how did I get myself in a relationship with someone who had a pill addiction? And I remember I did my first interview for the book last year, and the lady asked me, like, what was your what was your family dynamic like? And I told her, I was like, my grandmother dealt with, you know, her husband had a drug addiction. And then that, that right then and there, it clicked, like, wow. You know what I'm saying? Like, I remember those nights where he used to be high, paranoid, thinking that somebody was trying to kill him. He would hold her hostage. So that's where it clicked. Like, this is what I saw growing up. She didn't set any boundaries for me, so I didn't know how to set boundaries for myself in a relationship. I had to do things different. I had to stop going from one relationship to the next because that's what I watched growing up. I watched, you know, my mother distract herself. After being in one relationship, she would go to the next guy. I had to stop doing that. I had to really focus on me. Um, when I got into my own place, I started doing things for myself. I started, you know, dating myself. I started, like, just really figuring out what makes me happy because I never knew how to make myself happy. Like, I, I came second a lot growing up. Like, you know, my, my mother battled a drug addiction. Um, you know, my dad wasn't in my life. So it was like, I never knew how to really put myself first. So I felt, I thought I found happiness in helping others and fixing others. And it's like, you have to, I say the best thing is, honestly, you have to really learn to love yourself before you can get into a healthy relationship. Because once you know how to love yourself, you really do start attracting guys, you know what I'm saying, who know how to love you in a healthy way. Will those toxic people still come along during that journey while you're loving yourself? Absolutely. But once you love yourself, I mean, like, truly love yourself, like, you can look in the mirror, even when you're looking bummy and say, girl, you still cute, you know what I'm saying, or, you know, even for men, you know what I'm saying, <laughs> hey, you know what I'm saying, you may not have a haircut, but you still, you know, the bomb, because men get abused too. Once you start loving yourself, you'll be able to set those boundaries and see, you know, those people that are trying to manipulate you or get over on you. Boundaries aggravate toxic people, you know what I'm saying? And when a person can't respect your boundary, you'll know, like, okay, you're not, you don't respect me. I just pray that some of the things that little girl witnessed uh, doesn't affect her future. Hey, guys, this is Complex Angel. Please tune into my podcast, Self Love Is My Rehab. You can find it on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play Podcasts, under Self Love Is My Rehab. You can also find it under My Skin Is My Sins, because uh, Jobs actually picked us up on his network under Blog Talk Radio. But you can find it under there, too, on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, and Google Play Podcasts. And also, if you really want to get in touch with me and learn more about you know how to break generational curses please hit me up on instagram at complex underscore angel 90 let's get back to the podcast q so how can someone who may have been conditioned to thinking that something that is harmful is actually normal you know how can that person break the cycle honestly i would say that i think that the best thing to do for domestic violence because i've been to meetup groups and i've been on these domestic violence group pages and honestly I feel talking about the abuse 
over and over again, showing pictures, it doesn't change anything. It, it doesn't. It just makes you think about it. It makes you feel lower, and that's what can cause you to end up going back to them. Like, you get addicted to you're looking for approval from this person. So you're getting addicted to them, making you feel high. And when they make you feel low, it's like you want to figure out everything in your power to go back to them. It's going to take that abuser, honestly, to wake up and realize enough is enough. Because I had so many people telling me, you need to leave. I'm not trying to do your hair at your funeral. I'm not trying to go to your funeral. And I was just like, well, he would never hurt me because he would say that. But you really, something inside of you has to snap. And I think that we have to go at it about asking those questions. What was your family dynamic like? What what type of love like did you see your family do? Because what we learn from our parents and our uncles and them, how they love is how we're going to love. The foundation they set up with their relationship is going to be our foundation. You know, um, I'm also reading this book by uh, – Jamila Mitchell Young called the death to the angry black woman. And she said a lot of us females, we hold so much anger inside from seeing our mothers get walked all over by our dads, you know, and we hold that anger and saying, that's not going to be me. So, you know, that can, you can subconsciously, even though you say it's not going to be you, you can subconsciously end up in it still. You know, I went to so I went to school for this. I went to I was a social worker that concentrated on domestic violence, and I still walked into something like this because it never got dealt with. All right. So, can you deliver a message to my listeners out there who may not know where to go or who to turn to when it comes to an abusive relationship? Uh, I would say the best thing to do is um, get into a domestic violence um, group if you have to. Uh, be very careful because I know that, you know, abusers, they like to really, really keep an eye on you. I would say, like, get a sponsor if you have to. Uh, listen to motivational speaking, like, you know, to help lift you up. If you want, you know what I'm saying, you can also tune into this lady I know named Joy Waller. She has a podcast called Her Voice Stories, and she really talks about domestic violence on there. Like, she breaks down every different type of abuse. So that, that, that's where a person could probably start, you know, to help them understand what's going on and teach themselves about what they're going through. Definitely. And I think podcasts like yours, Self Love is My Rehab, is definitely a place where they can get some knowledge as well or maybe uh, have something, you know, that can wake them up on the inside to let them know that it's a problem. Where can people find your book, No Apologies? You can find it on Amazon.com. It is uh, I, um, it is digital copy for Kindle, $8. If you have a Kindle Unlimited membership, you can read it for free. Um, paperback is 15 I am trying to get it onto other things. COVID-19 is slowing it down. There will be a part two coming uh, in November. It is basically no apologies. It highlighted my abuse to how I got free. And this next one is going to show how I ended up relapsing and how I had to basically learn how to love myself. So, yeah. All right. What is the Self Love is My Rehab podcast all about? So Self Love is My Rehab, it is about um, me and my co-host, DC. We get together and we talk about real-life issues that we struggle with. And we talked about, like, the first season, we talked about how 
we were conditioned to think certain things from our family. We talked about our dysfunction. Um, and then after we realized that a lot of who we are is conditioned by how we were raised and what we were taught in the morals and beliefs that, you know, were instilled in us, that's when we started digging into, like, okay, what do I need to unlearn and relearn? So we just basically talk about things that we struggle with when it comes to our identity to help us find out who we are. We talk about things that you don't really think to talk about these days. Like um, one of the one of the ones we did last was, um, does your heart match your mind? Like, do we always speak what's on our mind, or where we put in the household where we didn't have the space to? Um, another one we did was, uh, you know, being heard. And no, no, being seen and not heard as a child. You know, the older generation always thought that kids didn't have no type of say so. They didn't have no type of opinion. So you grow up and you become this person who's awkwardly social because you, when you try to explain yourself growing up, you were always told to, shh, you know what I'm saying? So it takes you a long time to realize that you're even an adult. Because I remember it took me until 27 years old to realize that I was an adult because I could never express myself. If someone wanted to listen to self-love is my rehab, then what would you want them to get out of it? Um, honestly, <laughs> I want them to get out of this that everything that you are taught sometimes is not the right way. You have to unlearn and relearn who you are as a person. And I had to learn self-love for me. I had to unlearn a lot of negative things that I was taught growing up. Like, you know, my grandmother raised me. My grandmother was born in the late 1940s, so, you know, times were very different back then. So she still instilled a lot of that into me, like, okay, self-image. She was very big on self-image, you know. Like, she would always pinpoint, oh, you're getting a little bit chubby. And it's like I used to obsess over my weight. Like, I didn't want to get fat. But it's like I was so depressed, so I was eating, and then I was starting to get fat, and I didn't love myself. And I had to look in the mirror one day and say, okay, only you can change this, you know. Um, I just want, like, people to really stop and think about a lot of things. You know, it's it's a lot of things that we don't really realize that we're doing. We don't realize how we get stuck in distraction mode and how we really we say we're healing, but we're really suppressing. So, like, you know, me and, me and my co-host, DC, we just really give any guest that comes on we rip band-aids off to let them feel comfortable. We talk about uncomfortable things like dealing with depression, you know, cutting yourself, hating yourself, and, like, you know, just really learn how to love yourself all over again. We have a segment where we have the guests, you know, talk about the self-love tips that they do to help other people imply into their lives because a lot of people don't know what self-love is. I know growing up people told me to love myself, but around me I've seen people jumping from this relationship to this relationship. So I thought that that's what you're supposed to do. And I'm like, what type of self-love is this? Because I still feel empty on the inside, you know. Um, and, like, we, we also have, like, a stimulate your mind question where, like, I ask a question every week to make people really think and make them, like, uh, really have, like, a critical mindset, you know what I'm saying, to, like, just stop living like a dead corpse and just really get into your passion. And, you know, just to know that, you're not alone out here. I think that's the best thing to do. When you battle so much, you feel like no one else understands, but I feel like people come back to listen because it's like, okay, you know what? You read my life. You're you're going through the same things that I'm going through. But, I mean, like, is it is it a podcast 
where everybody's going to come to it? No, because who wants to face their demons? You know, I'm not going to probably get as many, you know, like um, listens, like someone who's talking about current events or someone who's talking about, you know, uh, Cardi B and them with their songs. I'm not going to get that because I don't talk about that. But, hey, I still have a purpose to fulfill. All right. And I think it's great that you're walking in your purpose. And I'm pretty sure you're making different, a difference in people's lives, regardless if you realize it or not. If you just help one person, then I think that's great. Natasha, a.k.a. Complex Angel, I want to thank you for taking the time to join this Q on One edition of the Talk to Q radio show. It's greatly appreciated, and I wish you much continued success with your book as well as your podcast. Thank you for having me. And that's going to do it for this T2Q podcast. Go to TalkToQ.com, and that way you can sign up for the email newsletter and be alerted to new shows as they come out. I'm on Twitter at TalkToQ, and that's Talk, the number 2Q. So I want to thank all of you for listening to this podcast of T2Q, and I'll see you next time.